What's good, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. It is late night, Wednesday night. We are about 24 hours removed from that beatdown at Viejas Arena. CSU falls 77-58 to number 22, San Diego State. Rams hung around a little bit early, but by about halfway through the first half, this one was pretty much over, in my opinion, or at least you could feel that it was coming. The Aztecs, you know, really in control from wire to wire. I wrote about 1,200 words of takeaways on this game, some about the gameplay itself, some more just general uh, takeaways in the, the grander scheme of things, I guess, just the experience gained from playing in Viejas, all that. We'll talk about that on the pod as well, but go check that out if you missed it. The DNVR.com. You can also find it on my Twitter at Justin T. Michael or at uh, DNVR underscore Rams. Anyways, though, I just rewatched the game, and I'm not going to lie, the second watch was a lot more painful than the first. When you watch it live, you can at least talk yourself into maybe the weirdness of college basketball will take over something odd. I mean, Utah State was down 21 to Nevada at halftime the other day, came back and beat them by double digits. Weird stuff happens in this conference especially, but just in college basketball as a whole. But when you're rewatching it, you lose the what if and essentially, you're just volunteering to get punched in the gut. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd love another gut punch. Why not? But had to do it. Had to do it for the pod. Had to do it for all you guys. Probably normally wouldn't have rewatched a 19-point loss. But with the 9 p.m. tip, just wanted to make sure that everything in my brain was sharp. Quick side tangent, 9 p.m. tips should be illegal. I understand the value of the Mountain West from a TV perspective is to fill these late-night slots. I get it. And at the end of the day, having college basketball to watch is always better than nothing. But 9 p.m. tips are a lot like frozen pizza in the sense where they're going to satisfy your hunger. You'll take it. You're hungry. But you'd most certainly rather have something else like a 7 p.m. tip. Shoot, even an 8 p.m. tip. 9 is rough, though. You're tired before the game even starts. Or maybe I'm just old. I don't know. Anyways, we're going to get into that San Diego State game, and then we are going to preview Friday night's matchup with Wyoming. A lot at stake, at least in terms of the uh, standings, pride, bragging rights on the line as well. Before I get into that, with March Madness right around the corner, the conference tournaments, baseball season, you know, NBA and, and hockey getting close to the postseason, there has never been a better time to sign up for America's top-rated sportsbook app. Of course, I'm talking about DraftKings Sportsbook. When it comes to DK, the options are endless. They offer no-sweat SGPs for the NBA right now, which means you can build a same-game parlay, and you can get your bet back up to $10 if it does not hit. They offer live bets, so if you're sitting there looking at the score, thinking to yourself, you know, they're down 10, but basketball is a game of runs. I trust this team. I trust this coach more. I'm going to get in on this value. You can do that. I'm definitely a big fan of live betting college basketball where weird stuff happens. Whatever you're doing, make sure you download the app now. Sign up with the code DNVR. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with the code DNVR. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I also want to talk to you guys about Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to be healthier, wanted more energy and optimized immune system, all the things we've been more conscientious of these last couple of years. But the thing is, I hate vitamins. I absolutely hate them. I'm not a big pill guy. 
not big on having to buy 8 million different supplements and having it take all of my cabinet space and, you know, having to remember which one you take at which time and all that. Didn't want to deal with all that headache. And that's why Athletic Greens is so great for me. With one scoop, I'm getting 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It's a great way to help me start my day right. This special blend of ingredients supports gut health, nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things. I just get up in the morning, put it in the water bottle that they gave me, take it real quick. It's a nice, easy part of my routine before I have my coffee. It's got like a tropical, almost like green tea latte type taste. I guess that's the best way I would describe it, but it's really smooth. It's lifestyle friendly. So if you're keto, paleo, vegan, uh, dairy-free, gluten-free, you're good there. There's less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. Plus, you don't just have to take my word for it. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. They're recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. Tons of people take some type of multivitamin. It's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash rams. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash rams to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Cool. All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about that Tuesday night game against San Diego State. Again, the Rams fell 77 to 58 out in Viejas, in San Diego at Viejas, whatever you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, The difference in depth was significant. Like I said earlier, the Rams hung around a little bit, but... Basically, by the time it was 17-9 at the 10-39 mark, you could feel that the Aztecs were on the verge of breaking this one open. Of course, they did by the time halftime happened, up 15 at the break. And what was brutal for CSU was that was with Nathan Mentz off the floor. He picked up a pair of personals in the first three minutes. He set an illegal screen, then picked one up defensively. So Dutcher ended up putting him on the bench. Normally, that's a big win. That dude is a monster defensively. What we were reminded, though, was the depth of this Aztecs team is just so significant. Jason Leedy, former Ohio State and TCU player, came in. Not only was he able to fulfill Mensa's role, you know, protecting the paint and on the glass, he was actually more of a threat offensively. In just over 16 and a half minutes of action in that first half, Leedy had 10 points. That was the most of anyone on the floor. He led all players with six rebounds as well. I mean, it was basically like when I'm playing NBA 2K and Nikola Jokic picks up a pair of fouls and Zeke Naji comes into the game and he's a really talented player, but you just continue dominating. Does that matter? It was just like it was a video game for SDSU. Over those first 20 minutes of action, CSU scored 26 total points as a team. SDSU had 24 points just from the bench. Leedy had 10, Arope had 9 more, another one of those guys that's seemingly been at SDSU for 20 years. I mean, the Aztecs have four or five forwards that would start anywhere else in the conference. And a rope situation, due to medical reasons, is a little bit unique. That's why he doesn't play that much, but he's clearly a very skilled player. But they're just so deep, and they're experienced. I mean, the majority of these key guys, when you're looking at the roster, Kashawn Johnson, Matt Bradley, Adam Seiko, Nathan Mensah, all these guys have been playing together for three-plus years. 
they're comfortable with each other. They know what each other's going to do and they trust each other to do the right thing. Having that type of continuity and familiarity, it's a massive advantage for San Diego State, especially at this stage of the season when every game gets tighter, when the moments get bigger. They just do their thing. They're always going to be consistent defensively. They've been in that system now for multiple years. They understand the value in it. And that pressure was obviously a, a big struggle for CSU, the Rams. They did not deal with the full court press well. There were times where they were trying to get Isaiah Stevens off the ball to create some opportunities for him to get some catch and shoot looks. And honestly, I, I like the thought process behind it, especially with how streaky the Rams have been from deep. Isaiah, probably CSU's best three-point shooter or the guy you trust the most. It would be beneficial for the offense if they could get him some easier looks where he doesn't have to create it for himself. But man, anytime that he or John Tanjay did not have the ball, it was a struggle. It was a struggle to get the ball past midcourt. It was a struggle to create stuff in the half court. It was just a struggle. CSU had 16 turnovers in the game. Nine of them were steals. And after a while, it just kind of felt like blood in the water, like San Diego State were sharks circling. That's what they do, though. They get in your face. They bully you. And when they're playing at home, they buy into the energy of that crowd, which is also intimidating when you're a road team like CSU with a couple of guys that haven't been in that moment before. Basically, just a perfect storm. You have an Aztecs team that has been together now for multiple years and benefited from the addition of a couple of really solid transfers. Darian Trammell, he's a bucket. Ladie obviously had a big night. They're a really deep team. They're a really deep team playing in a in an arena that's really hard for opponents to travel to. And a lot of the guys on the Rams weren't ready for it. You could just see. They were like deer in headlights. The silver lining of the situation, if you're looking for positives is that it's essentially a rite of passage. You know, every group gets their teeth kicked in in Viejas at some point. They really get bullied. Usually they come back the second and third time and they're much more ready for it. Guys like Tavy Jackson, Patrick Cartier, even Baylor Hebb and Joe Palmer, assuming they're all back next year. This was kind of a situation where they got baptized by fire. They aren't the first and they certainly won't be the last. There are just certain places and certain teams, experiences where you truly have to face it in person and experience it yourself. You can watch it on film, you can get lectured and practice, but it's like facing Air Force in football. Until you actually do it, you're not ready for what Viejas is and that San Diego State defensive pressure. That's not something that you can replicate in practice. You just can't. So was it disappointing? Yeah, it sucked staying up for a 9 p.m. tip just to watch the Rams lose by 20 or 19, whatever. But when I factor in that this was the first time in Viejas for a lot of these guys playing key minutes, or even if it wasn't their first time, it was their first time playing a significant role in the game. On top of that, they're going up against an Aztecs team that just has an abundance of experience and size. It was a really tough spot for the Rams. It would have been a tough game no matter what, but just with the difference in depth and experience and the injuries that have impacted CSU in the front court, not being able to have Josiah Strong work out at least this season. Hopefully he does come back next year because I think he's an incredibly talented guy and the Rams would benefit significantly by having him out there on both ends. But basically, it's not shocking that the Rams lost big to a really good team in this situation in that building. I don't really know what I think about as far as the Aztecs' chances of making a deep run in the tournament go as much as I love their brand defensively, I do wonder if they get matched up against a high major that can 
bring the same type of size and physicality to the table or at least match their size and athleticism. Very few teams play with the defensive intensity that the Aztecs do. But if you're not getting completely overwhelmed by their size and athleticism, you know, I, I do wonder if offensively the Aztecs have enough to really make a deep run. Bradley can be really dangerous. Trammell can get hot as well. So I like their chances better than last year. But that's just a really good team. They're a really good team that's played a lot of basketball together and they got even better in the offseason with a couple of key additions. CSU was hoping to do the same. Cartier has worked out. I like Palmer as a spark plug. But they weren't able to go out and get somebody like Jason Leedy or, you know, Trammell that can come in and, and just take over. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting offseason for the Rams. It'll be interesting to see what this Aztecs team does in the tournament. Uh, just some final thoughts on this one before we move on and talk about Wyoming. Uh, John Tanjay, big night for him, 18 points, 7 to 12 from the floor. I, I think he's playing the best basketball of his career. Him and Isaiah Stevens have combined to uh, produce double-digit scoring in six straight, only two games in the league slate where they did not accomplish that. Not sure if they're going to get the all-conference recognition they both deserve due to the lack of team success, but those guys have been playing really, really good basketball offensively, especially Tanji. I just, I've loved his decision-making. He's hunting those mid-range looks more around the, the elbow and the free throw line. He's getting to the rim. He's drawing fouls. He's not relying so much on the three, but he's hitting them when they're open. And Isaiah just continues to be Isaiah, making plays all over the floor. Great threat as a scorer, great facilitator, defensively just a team leader doing everything. You know, I don't know what the future holds for either of these guys, what they plan to do next season. I sure hope that they're both back. If not, though, I will definitely remember, you know, the end of this stretch and just how admirable it's been with, you know, the way that they've competed and continued to fight despite everything that's gone wrong. Not much of anything has gone to script for CSU this year. It's just been one of those where it rains, it pours. I mean, I've never seen an official literally trip a player mid-game like Eric Curry did in the San Diego State matchup. But I think Ram fans should take great pride in the performances that they're seeing from Tanjay and Stevens, despite the fact that the team success has really not been there this year. But let's move on. Let's start to look at that Friday night matchup against Wyoming. Big one against the Pokes. When you get hurt, though, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. There's no upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients, and they now have even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks, they can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. All right, a couple days ago, we went into some of the key games that would happen this week. Uh, Fresno State surprisingly took down Air Force in the Springs the other night. As it currently stands, Air Force 5-11 and in league play one game ahead of CSU at 4-11. and Wyoming right behind the Rams at 3-12. and A win over the Pokes on Friday would likely give CSU a good opportunity to surpass Air Force in the standings. Some of that will come down to what happens in their matchup against UNLV out in Vegas Friday night. If they drop that one and CSU beats Wyoming, though, CSU will officially move up to the 9 spot while Air Force will fall to the 10 seed. 
That said, if CSU loses to Wyoming, all of a sudden you're both 4-12 and in conference play and Wyoming owns the tiebreaker over the Rams, so CSU would have a pretty good shot to finish dead last. Wouldn't be a guarantee because they'd be tied and Wyoming's games against Nevada and San Diego State are both losses. CSU could potentially steal one against San Jose State or New Mexico after losing to Wyoming if that were to happen. A loss would also all but guarantee that it would be Wyoming and CSU in that 10-11 game for the rematch part three out in Vegas. So a lot still in flux as far as the standings go. Ultimately, not a ton changes, whether you're the 8, the 9, the 10, the 11, whatever, but it is about pride. You don't want to finish dead last. This team has too much talent, and for Wyoming, they're probably thinking the same thing, even with everything that they've been through. Preseason expectations were that Graham E.K. was going to be the conference player of the year, that the Cowboys were going to finish in the top three. Much like CSU, they've had a lot of weird circumstances, certainly have not lived up to those preseason expectations. But for a guy like Hunter Maldonado, who's had a really impressive career, he doesn't want to finish dead last after coming back. He doesn't want to lose to CSU in his probably last big game of his career. Technically, they'll get a chance to play a ranked Aztecs team, and you know he might actually play CSU again if they play out in Vegas, but it's not the same as being in Laramie or being in Fort Collins and having the energy. He's a Colorado kid. He's going to want to win this game big, and Wyoming would love nothing more than to sweep CSU. As much as, as this has been a clusterfuck of a season for them, sweeping the Rams would be huge. So CSU better be ready because that Pokes team, they're going to come in hungry, and they're going to come in wanting to embarrass the Rams on their home floor. I'm not sure if Wyoming's going to have Jeff Linder on the sidelines or not. He missed their last game. Um, Sounds like his dad's going through some health stuff. So certainly best of wishes there. Hope it all ends up okay. But that is another thing off the court that could potentially be a distraction for this Cowboys team. They recently had to dismiss three players. All were Pac-12 transfers. One of them, Ethan Anderson, he had a pretty big game against CSU and Laramie. So that's a win. He had 13 points in that game. Still, though, even with the Cowboys losing those Pac-12 guys, all the stuff they have going on off the court that they have to to think about, I'd be very surprised if we didn't see the Cowboys come out and play a competitive game against the Rams. Some keys for CSU, don't put yourself in a hole. You know, they almost pulled off the double-digit comeback up in Laramie, but you don't want to be playing from behind. It makes you tense up. It gives Wyoming all the confidence. The last thing that the Rams need is to go into halftime, you know, down eight or something like that and having to make a big push late. They just got to be steady. And one of the ways that they can be steady is by limiting turnovers. They're coming off of a poor showing against San Diego State in that regard. 16, way too many. They had 17 and the one point loss in Laramie. 17 turnovers. I'd like to see CSU cut that in half this time around. The Pokes aren't a great offensive team, but if you're just gifting them extra possessions and taking away chances from yourself, that's clearly not going to be a winning formula. As far as the big guys on Wyoming's roster, they're missing Noah Reynolds, their leading scorer. He's out for the rest of the year. Hunter Maldonado is always capable of taking over, you know, probably more of a threat in that mid-range game around the post. You definitely don't want to foul him. Less worried about him on the outside, though he can knock him down, and he has hit some big shots from deep against CSU in his career. Uh, Xavier Dussel, though, is really the big threat, I think, as far as stretching the floor. He's probably Wyo's best wing defender as well, so sometimes it seems like he's more locked in on that end because the the Pokes really just need him. They don't have a lot of great on-ball defenders. But Ducell is one of those guys who can definitely get hot, watch him in the corner. You don't don't want Jeremiah Oden getting open looks from deep either. 
but it's Ducell that I really think low-key could be the X factor for them in a competitive game. And the last key that I have here is really less about these teams themselves, but it's more just about not leaving things into the hands of the officials. Obviously, the last time they played, it came down to the wire. Jalen Lake gets called for a really ticky-tacky foul late. Reynolds hits the game-winning free throws with a couple of seconds left. That was a really tough way to lose. Then you have the home loss against Boise State where Tanjay doesn't get the call on the three-point attempt late. I thought he got fouled. Unlike Reynolds, though, Tanjay did not get that call in his home building. That's the thing, though. Anytime that the game is in the hands of the officials, weird stuff can happen. So if you're the Rams in this one, you just you got to take matters into your own hands. You've got to take care of business, do the dirty work, rebound, die for loose balls, not get into foul trouble, value your possessions by not giving it away. And if you do that and lose, you can hold your head high. But nothing sucks worse than losing a game and feeling like you were at the mercy of the officials to make a judgment call and it goes the other way. Got to take care of your business long before it ever gets to that point. But that's all I've got for this one. We'll be talking more hoops throughout the week, really getting excited for spring ball, which is just around the corner. And we'll periodically talk about some of the other stuff as well. Men's golf, who continues to produce. And uh, tennis is, is off to a great start. Softball as well. Hope everybody is staying safe, staying warm out there. I think it was negative six tonight at, at one point. My God, very overwinter. <laughs> Anyways, y'all, thank you for continuing to support the content. Much love. Peace. Scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice The water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid with no car keys Like the only thing I drive is RCRV's Got the stash like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly like not for